Empowered people make informed decisions that lead to living a life without regret. This is Sarah Kaki and Shauna Woods from Atlanta Divorce Law Group, and this is the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. Welcome to the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. This is attorney Sarah Kaki, and I'm joined by our very own managing partner from Atlanta Divorce Law Group, Shauna Woods. Shauna, today we're going to talk about rebuilding your self-confidence post-divorce. Really, we could talk about rebuilding your self-confidence or how to gain self-confidence regardless of what you're going through. Um, Here's a hard one conceptualized, but I'm just going to throw it at you. Do you think you're born with self-confidence or do you think it's something you develop? I think your personality definitely plays into it. Mm -hmm. But I do think that your self-confidence initially comes from the people who are caring for you, right? Your parents, whoever that may be, they're the ones who are supposed to be instilling in you, right? Confidence. And you can look at this. I was just at a one-year-old's birthday party this past weekend, and she's just about starting to walk, right? And you can see where they're about to let go of something and go towards someone. And they do gain that confidence by turning around and kind of looking at the parent, Mm -hmm. right? Going, am I okay? Yeah. Right. Am I safe? Am, Am I, I safe? Well? Am I doing well? Is this good? And I think that's the beginning of the building the self-confidence is the people who are surrounding yourself, you know, that are surrounding right. you, building that within you. Now, I do think that sometimes self-confidence does come from self-reliance and having to do things on your own and going, okay, I did that. And there was no one there to catch me. So now you have a little bit more self-confidence. But to your question, initially, I think it is when you're doing the nature versus nurture, I on this one go a little bit more towards nurture. I agree with you. I think that there is adults that you see who have what I call like a balloon-like self-confidence. It's just sort of like a blown up thing that doesn't seem to have a lot of substance to it and it can easily crack and pop. And then there's the ones that you can feel the depth of a self-confidence and it's very energetic feel it when it walks into the room, right? It's like that famous Supreme Court case, like I know it when I see it. Exactly. And I always wonder about the balloon-like self-confidence. Does that come from almost too much fake cheerleading that as a for the child, right? Where every little thing was just like, oh my God, that's amazing. That's the best. You're the best. Everything is so good. Versus, hey, I, I, I love how hard you worked on that. I love, you know, the amount of thought you put into that more complimenting the child's effort versus its results I think can make a huge difference because that that self-reliance is a big part of self-confidence I believe and I think a lot of self-reliance comes from little actions that lead to small wins that then build up and build up and build up one of the things that I have read from child psychology books is giving the children small opportunities to do things on their own. Like obviously a one-year-old, giving them the chance to walk and fall is great versus not putting them inside of a bubble and then everything they do is wonderful. You're, you know, you're putting them in a false reality, putting them in a bubble and then just complimenting them over and over again. I think you're going to create that balloon confidence effect. But if you give them a little bit of rope, little bit of opportunity to do little things for themselves, even if it's as small as letting an eight-year-old make their own breakfast, letting an eight-year-old make scrambled eggs and maybe 
they're going to burn the eggs. But given them the chance to have that small win that I can rely on myself, that self-reliance and complementing effort versus the result, I think can go a long, long way. You know, I love the example of the balloon. Like it makes me think that very realistically, people with that kind of self-confidence, right? If that's even what we're going to call it. What happens when you tap that balloon a little bit? It pops. It pops. You know, it's no longer there. And when we're talking about self-reliance, what you talked about with your eight-year-old or an eight-year-old cooking breakfast for themselves, it's not going to pop that easy because they burned the eggs. Right. They know not to do it again. Right. Time. That's, such a, that's such a great way to put it. Just giving them the chance to fail. Yes. And recover. It's a huge thing. And so tying it into divorce. Right. Or not even necessarily divorce, just massive life changes that could be masked as unfailing. Yes. Right? This is really where divorce can be a struggle for some people because it goes to the identity crisis of did I fail? And for some people, it could be divorce. For some people, it could be losing a job. It could be having to leave their home behind, just many different forms this could take. But for our purposes, divorce is that identity piece of am I a failure? Yes. And I think a lot of people that go through this process come out the other end and that balloon might be a little cracked. And we're talking about how do you rebuild it? Can you rebuild it? Where do you start? You know, I think the very essence of starting is first to say, just because I went through a divorce does not mean I'm a failure. Absolutely. It does not mean I didn't leave it all on the table. I didn't give it my all. You're not a failure because you went through a divorce. You chose to have something different that you were no longer willing to put up with in your life. And so that's that first thing. That's the self-reliance part, right? right? I chose this. And even if it's the other person who decided to have the divorce first and you didn't want it, right? That self-reliance to say, I can rebuild me because I've already built me. I think the biggest part is that choice piece. Yes. This isn't happening to me, but I am I am choosing this next thing. I had spoken to potential clients in consultations before where they say, I'm left with no choice. And I'm like, no, no, no. You always have a choice. Your next step is your choice. How you respond to this is your choice. And accepting that choice and the responsibility that comes with choice is part of the self-reliance, self-confidence piece. So to me, ultimately, self-confidence comes from trusting oneself, trusting myself in the decisions I make, trusting myself in the choices I make. And it doesn't mean that it's going to, everything's going to turn out exactly how I thought it's going to turn out. But it means I trust myself that once I make the choice, once I make the decision, I can respond to what happens next. I won't crack. I agree. I think it really does come down to the choice, right? And I also think it's really, really important to realize that it doesn't mean you made the bad choice in the first time, right? Right. That was your choice for then and there, given the circumstances and the information that you had, you decided to get married. And for to build self-confidence, again, I think it's really important to look back and say, I grieve what I thought I was going to have in my life Mm -hmm. and really experience that and really kind of let it. But there's one thing you really hit on there that I want to circle back to is one of the things that we talk to our clients about 
And sometimes I just talk to people who are going through other things about is you need to take that power and make those decisions. When we work with our clients here, we give them their options, right? right? And I'm not going to come in ever and tell anybody, this is how your divorce case is going to go. Right. I'm going to give you options of different strategies, and it is your responsibility and your honor to make those choices for yourself and your life. And I think that's how self-confidence is rebuilt. It's a muscle and it builds one muscle at a time. You exercise it. So small ways to exercise is just building small goals Mm -hmm. and trusting yourself to meet those goals again. I think post any hard life event you're going through or something that's shattered your self-confidence, first you feel a little out of control and might think you might say everything feels out of control but i think what you're really saying is i feel out of control i feel like i can't control myself because reality is you never had any control over anybody or anything you only had control over yourself so when a person says everything's out of control i think what they're really saying i don't trust that myself that i'm in control right now i don't trust the choices i'm making right now and trust the decisions i'm making myself i don't trust myself and the way to regain that is just set small goals, small commitments, build that muscle back one bit, one bit. It might be, hey, you know what? Tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up, go for a run. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up, go get some fresh air. Tomorrow, I am going to accomplish this task of opening up a new bank account, right? Just small things that you can just start seeing that I say and then I do. I say and then I complete the task. You said a lot of things that a 12-step programs actually teach. And because that you're dealing with a lot of people who have lost control, right. right, over whatever kind of addiction that they may be suffering from. And one of the tenets is if you can do one thing every day, do that one thing. And that one thing may you get up and you made your bed. Yeah. Okay. So you sat in your pajamas and that's all that you could comment, but you made your bed. Yeah. And then you made your bed the second day. And then the third day, you made your bed and you made breakfast, Mm -hmm. right? And it's that small building back up. And you take the smallest piece and you make that part of your win. Right. And I think just understanding the idea that you never really had control over anything else other than yourself. Yeah. Because there was probably this false sense of reality that you had more control than you thought. And that's, again, that bubble effect that there was, that's not true self-confidence, right? Right. And that's the bubble of self-confidence that easily gets cracked, thinking you had control over other people, thinking you had control over things outside of yourself. And the first real hit of reality, you get bubble gets cracked versus understanding that I can only control myself and my commitments. Um, you know, and I also think it's important to recognize that self-confidence is a spectrum. We don't always, all of us walk in with this uber self-confidence, right? I consider myself, you know, healthy self-confidence, but even for me, there's days where it's high and there's days it's lower. Every day I try to push it for the best I can for that day, but in the its ultimate stage, when I'm in that uber self-confidence mode, I can tell you that the phrase I say to myself in my head, will share here publicly is, Whatever decision I make, I trust myself to fully see through that decision for it to become the best decision. So what does that mean? That means 
I may have moments where I make a decision and instead of sitting there having anxiety over, is this right decision, wrong decision, right? This, can I forecast the future? I make the commitment to myself that I am going to see this decision through to the point where in the future I can look back and say, I made the right, the best decision possible. And that means seeing it through and recognizing that at times I'm going to have to pivot. At times I'm going to have to adjust. At times I'm going to have to alter the course that's necessary to see the decision through. But when I'm in an uber state of self-confidence, that's the commitment made to myself is I'm not going to have anxiety over what does the future hold for this decision. I'm not going to have anxiety over is this the right or wrong. Let go of that sort of childlike right or wrong thinking and just trust in myself that I am going to use all the information I have at hand, the best knowledge I have currently and see this decision through all the way till I am satisfied with its result. And I can look back to past there and say, hey, good job. That's that's for me the height of my self-confidence. I think it was a wonderful way to look at it. I similarly, I kind of asked myself, is tomorrow's Shauna going to appreciate what today's Shauna is doing? Yeah. And that's kind of the check. Yes. You're right. It's really important to mention this again. Even the most self-confident people, even the most, you know, healthy individuals Mm -hmm. wake up some days and go, yeah, I'm not feeling this today. Yeah. I'm feeling self-confident. I'm feeling like I'm putting it on. How do I get through this? And it's a normal and natural feeling, especially when you're going through such a traumatic, right, life-changing event. And just take that breath and say, that's normal, right? Yeah. You don't have to beat yourself just because you felt that way. Take that breath and and take it, take ownership and and take back that control. I mean, that's all you can do. Say, hey, today, the self-confidence muscle, just like any other muscle that goes sore on a scale of one to ten, it's at a seven. And that's okay. Tomorrow we'll come back hopefully with the ten. Right. We're not going down to the three. We're gonna head to the ten. That's right. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, go to atlantadivorcelawgroup.com forward slash resources.